Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring, Jesus is coming again. Cheer up, you pilgrims, be joyful and sing, Jesus is coming again. This is the voice of prophecy, a voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. From our Voice of Prophecy studios in Los Angeles, California, we welcome you to this half hour of inspiration and music, transcribed with the King's Heralds, Del Delker, Brad Braley, and H.M.S. Richards, the Voice of Prophecy speaker. Brother, do you know the Savior, who is wondrous, kind, and true? He's the rock of your salvation. There's honey in the rock for you. Oh, there's honey in the rock, my brother. There's honey in the rock for you. Leave your sins for the blood to cover. There's honey in the rock for you. Then go out through the streets and byways. Preach the word to the many or few. Say to every fallen brother, There's honey in the rock for you. There's honey in the rock, my brother. There's honey in the rock for you. Leave your sins for the blood to cover. There's honey in the rock for you. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Thy mercies. We thank Thee for the Word of God. We thank Thee for the promise of a life to come, of a hereafter illuminated by the revelation of Thy Word. Bless the broadcast today in Jesus' name. There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God, a place where sin cannot molest, near to the heart of God. O Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God, Hold us who bow before thee. Near to the heart of God. 
We are happy to present now an arrangement of a fine old hymn sung by the voices of the Walla Walla College Choir of Walla Walla, Washington. They are under the direction of Professor C.W. Dortch. The hymn, Praise to the Lord. Thank you, Professor Dorch, and all the young men and women of the Walla Walla College Choir for the inspiration of your singing. Miss Delker sings again a song that our listeners have requested many times since she first presented it a few months ago. I'm homesick for heaven. Find their eternal 
chiefest of all is the thought that enthralls that I shall behold my King. Rejoice in His presence, revel in His grace, and Here now is H.M.S. Richards, the voice of prophecy speaker. His subject, what Jesus said about the hereafter. The poet Cowper, in realization of the great friendship which he enjoyed with Hesketh, wrote to his friend, You must know that I should not love you half so much. Did I not know that you would be my friend for all eternity? There's not room for friendship to unfold itself in such a little nook of life as this. Yes, radio friends, it is love which makes the hereafter desirable. Dr. W.R. Matthews, Dean of St. Paul's Cathedral in London, broadcast four talks in immortality and received 1,900 letters from his radio listeners. Commenting on them, he said, If there is any lesson to be learned from the letters I've had, it is that love is the main source of a desire for life beyond death. Of his own disciples, Jesus said, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. John, the 15th chapter, 9th verse. And having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. John 13, 1. To these disciples... These followers, these first Christians, our Savior said, as we read in the 14th chapter of John, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. In this passage, our Savior contrasts the here and now with the hereafter, the era of time with eternity. The here reaches to his second coming, I will come again. The hereafter, from that great event onward, I will receive you unto myself. 
that where I am, there ye may be also. And where is this hereafter? In my Father's house. And it's absolutely certain. If it were not so, I would have told you, he declares. I go to prepare a place for you. It's real. It's a place. It comes after this life, after Christ's second coming, after the resurrection. It is the hereafter. In this life, we find sickness, pain, death, separation. But Jesus plainly, clearly declared that there is a hereafter, that there is to be a life beyond. He said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. John 8, 12. An inscription in the crypt of Allegheny Observatory, University of Pittsburgh, reads, We have loved the stars too fondly to be fearful of the night. So if we have seen Jesus, the light of the world, the bright and morning star, we need never be fearful of the night. To the reverent believer, death is of no great moment. Jesus called it merely a sleep. Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, he said, and I go that I may awake him out of sleep. And that's just what he did. He who had been dead lived again. Before the iron fact of death, Jesus could say, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Read those words in John 11, 25 and onward. In the record of Mark, the 10th chapter, 30th verse, we find the words of our Savior referring to him who labors for his master. He shall receive an hundredfold now in this time with persecutions and in the world to come eternal life. Here again we find contrasted this time with the world to come, the here with the hereafter. Both are places of reward for the servant of God. He shall receive an hundredfold now with persecutions, and he shall receive in the world to come eternal life. It's wonderful to be a Christian, always receiving from Christ's hand that which is best for us, the hereafter for God's children comes in connection with the harvest. And Jesus said, as we read here in Matthew 13, 39, the harvest is the end of the world. The reapers are the angels. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father, the harvest takes place at the time of Christ's return, when he returns in glory to receive his people to himself. This means a resurrection for those who have fallen asleep in death, as we discover in John 5:28. Marvel not at this, said our Lord, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice. Who is he referring to? To himself, the Son of Man, as we read in verse 27. What next? And they, the dead, shall come forth, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life. 
and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Resurrection. What a word that is. The end of death and dying. Dwight L. Moody tells of a man once conversing with a Brahmin priest, and he asked, Could you say, I am the resurrection and the life? Yes, replied the priest. I could say that. But could you make anyone believe it? Asked the man. Jesus proved what he said. He not only proclaimed the resurrection of the dead and promised eternal life to his followers, but he actually demonstrated the resurrection. He rose again the third day according to the scriptures. 1 Corinthians 15.4 tells us that. He appeared alive to his disciples after his resurrection. Never forget this. Christianity is the religion of the open tomb, as Roy L. Smith put it. And the greatest fact about Joseph's tomb where Jesus was buried is that it wasn't a tomb at all, really. It was merely a room for a transient. Jesus stopped there a couple of nights on his way back to glory. Our Savior not only taught the hereafter, he proved the hereafter. He taught his followers to pray about the hereafter. Pray in this way, he said, Our Father which art in heaven, there it is. We are here, he is in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Heaven is where God is and where God's will is done. Heaven is not only the hereafter, in the sense of the kingdom of glory which is to be revealed at the second coming of Christ. It is also a glorious here, beyond, beyond the command of our senses, the very center of the universe, the center of God's government and kingdom, our home eternal where Christ is and where we are to be. In his last great prayer, recorded in the 17th chapter of John, we find these words of Jesus. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. And now I come to thee. Jesus called it paradise, the place where we shall be with him. And paradise is where God is, too, as we read in the book of Revelation. Because I live... Ye shall live also, he declared. When Jesus appears to fulfill his promise, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so, that is, in this way, shall we ever be with the Lord. Words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. And that's heaven enough to be with Jesus. I've told it before, and I'll tell it again right here. The story of the little newsboy struck down by a great lorry in a London street, rushed to the hospital. No living relatives. His only friend was an atheist who was sour on the world, on mankind, on life itself. One day when he came to see his little friend in the hospital, he recognized the signs of death and tried to encourage him. You'll soon be out selling papers again. Oh, no, sir, not that. I won't be here long. I'll not live long, but after the resurrection, the first one I'll see will be Jesus. Then, I don't know how he could do it, but I suppose the poor man's yearning, darkened heart was breaking. He said, but suppose you get there and Jesus isn't there. Oh, cried the little sufferer, you don't understand, because where Jesus is, that's heaven. And true enough, where Jesus is, 
that is heaven. For he himself said, Where I am, there ye may be also. Just trust Jesus. That's our only hope, but our gloriously sufficient hope. In the very shadow of the cross, he said to the men who were about to see him die, I'll see you again. You read that in John 16, 22. He was certain of it. He knew he would rise again. Those who have seen the facsimile of the memorial order issued by Field Marshal Haig in the darkest days of the First World War know that there's something unusual about it. These were dark days. The long trains were coming back from the front. The broken armies of the Western Allies were being pushed farther and farther back. Those who were there will remember the thrill that passed through the British Expeditionary Forces when General Haig's critical order was read. It was famous for its words. Every position will be held to the last man. There must be no retirement. With our backs to the wall and believing in the justice of our cause, each one of us must fight on to the end. The safety of our homes and the freedom of mankind alike depends upon the conduct of each one of us in this critical moment. But be of good cheer. The British Empire must win in the end. It's interesting to note that in the printed copy, the final line of cheer was missing. The facsimile copy contains the words, Be of good cheer. The British Empire must win in the end. But the field marshal had struck them out, running his pen through them twice. They did not appear in the proclamation. Why? Perhaps the general, Scotsman as he was, did not wish to boast. Or maybe he was not sure. Who could be sure in those perilous hours when the future was hidden? But in the proclamation of our Lord Jesus, there are no words crossed out. Knowing all and seeing all and enduring all, he knew that the history of the future was just as certain as though it were already written. He knew that the victory was his. Be of good cheer, he cried. I have overcome the world. I am the resurrection and the life. With his resurrection, we have everything. So, friend, fear not. Let us go forward courageously toward that life which has no end. There'll be no dark valley when Jesus comes. There'll be no dark valley when Jesus comes. There'll be no dark valley when Jesus comes to gather his loved ones home. To gather his loved ones home. To gather his loved ones home. There'll be no dark valley when Jesus comes to gather his loved ones home. There'll be songs of greeting when Jesus comes. There'll be songs of greeting when Jesus comes. And a joyful meeting when Jesus comes to gather his loved ones home. To gather his loved ones home. To gather his loved ones home. 
Now, this is Orville Iverson, your Associate Minister of the Voice of Prophecy, wishing for you a year full of the mercies and blessings of God, as together we look up, going forward in faith. Have faith in God, beyond the guess and the surmise. Have faith in God, to look again in loving eyes. Have faith in God, hereafter cometh glad surprise. Have faith, dear friend, in God. We hope this transcribed program of ours has served to give you spiritual strength and hope. And now we invite you to join us next week, same time, same stations, for another broadcast brought to you by the Voice of Prophecy. Remember, every Thursday, 8 o'clock in the morning is our special prayer hour around the world. Join us then. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.